0: You're listening to the Rua Space Podcast. So friends, welcome to a new episode of the Rua Space podcast, part two of the What Does the Bible Say About series. I am Phil Vestal. And
1: I am Erin Vestal, and we are so glad to have you here with us today, where we explore how to make space for the Holy Spirit in our everyday lives. Today, we are going to talk about what does the Bible say about solitude and silence
0: Yes, I love these two, and they often go together. We could have treated them separate, but as we looked at them, they usually go hand-in-hand, although you can do silence in a group. Um, Biblically, we often see people doing it individually, and to me, the the person where this sticks out the most is Jesus. Like He's this great example of, if you read through the Gospels, I mean, if you even were to read Matthew one day, then Mark, then Luke, then John— Almost as common as any other phrase is, Jesus went by himself to pray. He went up on the mountain, or he went somewhere to spend time by himself to pray. Mm -hmm. Or right after the Holy Spirit descends on him, it says he went to the desert for 40 days to fast, and he was in solitude, he was by himself, and he practiced silence. So this is a discipline that was central, like absolutely foundational to the life of Jesus.
1: I really enjoy hearing the stories where Jesus even is instructing his disciples to go and be set apart and rest. And there's stories where, you know, they've done a healing and then he's like, okay, we need to go. We need to be a by ourselves out. Let's go. And so they get on a boat, they cross the sea, they go up the other side of the mountain and then the whole crowd is already <laughs> there again because they've just followed them. And so Jesus is like, okay, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to feed them. And the disciples are like, how are we going to feed them? There's too many people. It's a huge crowd. And so, you know, in the of course, we know the story. Jesus collects the loaves and the fish, and he breaks them and distributes them, and everybody's fed. And then he tells his disciples, okay, now you go. Go away. We need to be by ourselves. And so you just see how central, not just for Jesus himself, but he's training his disciples to walk in his footsteps. And what is he doing? He's saying, go apart from the work you're doing. The work they're doing is great. They're healing, they're feeding, they're doing miracles. And yet they do need that time apart to be able to regroup.
0: And I guess that's really the question then is what is silence and solitude for? What are you doing when you're by yourself and in silence? I think for a lot of people today, even for me, um, years ago and sometimes still, silence can be a scary thing Mm -hmm. because what is it why is it helpful to be silent right and and all of a sudden thoughts come up feelings start come up Mm -hmm. sometimes boredom might come up Mm -hmm. questions um all of a sudden you've got to deal with some stuff that maybe you've been shoving down and our culture is really good at making sure we don't need to be silent
1: or be alone Right. I mean, really, I can think of times like when you have to work late or you have evening meetings and the kids are in bed and I've got the house to myself. You start to, you know, get a little jittery like, whoa, what should I do? And uh, how am I going to do this? And so I'll turn on a TV show or, you know, I'll flip through social media. Social media makes it so easy to not be alone. I'm still physically alone, but I don't want to feel that. And it's that very feeling, though, that um, that is really the the problem is we need to learn how to be okay being by ourselves because we never are truly by ourselves. We've always got the Holy Spirit with us and God is always eager to have a minute with us. You know, if we can we can go alone by ourselves and have a little solitude and not fill it with Instagram or Pinterest or Facebook or a TV show. And purely just kind of sit and like, hey, God, well, <laughs> I'm it, here. I think he, you know, he would be thrilled. God, God desires us to desire to spend time with him.
0: And I think for me, one of the foundations of what happens when you can be silent, when you can mm-hmm. practice solitude, like why do they matter? What do they do? We know it's easy to get distracted. We know it's hard mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. What is happening in that time? And for me, it goes back to to a story that most people probably know um, in 1 Kings chapter 19, where Elijah is on the run for his life. He was one of the uh, first prophets he, in Israel. He's serving God, he's, he's speaking truth to power, and Jezebel and the king don't like what he's doing. The prophets of Baal are losing, right? And and it says that they end up killing a lot of the other prophets in Israel. So Elijah runs away into the wilderness basically to try to connect with God, Mm -hmm. to kind of be like, what do I do now? What do you have for me? And so it's really funny because it says he he came to a cave in 1 Kings 19 and lodged in it. And it says the word of the Lord came to him and said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? So God's asking, why have you come out? To silence and solitude, basically. What are you you doing out here? He said, I've been jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I, only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. So he's basically saying, God, I've been serving you well. I've been doing everything, and it's not going right. Which I'm sure many of us can connect with. Mm-hmm. You feel like you've done everything right. Mm-hmm. You feel like you've made the right decisions. Yet bad things still happen. You still yes. sort of say I feel lost. I feel confused. I don't know where God is. And here's a man who was following God. He 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 just had answers to miracles in front of all these people and yet there's a sense of like what do I do now? Where do I go, God? Mm-hmm. And I think many of us can connect with that in our work, in our relationships, in our finances, in our health, in our life. And what Elijah does is he goes out and makes specific intentional time to hear mm-hmm. from God,
1: which is brilliant. Because I was I was just looking to be able to tell insert for everyone here too, uh, Richard Foster, who is you know kind of the king of spiritual disciplines. He's very well known for teaching about them. And he talks about how it's about the act of listening, mm. silence and solitude. It's not to just go sit by yourself somewhere and not talk. That's very could, That could physically breakfast. be what it may look like. Right. It doesn't even have to, and we'll get into that <laughs> later. But it's exactly what you were just saying. The purpose of silence and solitude is to be able to listen. For God, that is why you practice these disciplines.
0: Yeah. And I think similar to our meditation episode, which was part one of this series, there's also a sense in which you learn to listen to yourself. Why am I feeling what I'm feeling? Why am I thinking what I'm thinking? Mm -hmm. How can I respond to what's going on inside Mm -hmm. rather than just react, right? Mm -hmm. If the Holy Spirit is in us, there's a sense in which... We need to learn to listen to God and to ourselves, mm-hmm. to the voice inside. Yeah. And, and that's what Elijah's doing here. So when he basically, he says these things to God that they're trying to kill me, they've killed everybody else. And God says to him, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. So Elijah's now going to go out and he's going to expect to hear from God. He's going to listen. And it says uh, in verse 11, behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And that's then when he connects and hears from God. It was the whisper, not the earthquake, not the fire, not the storm. It was a whisper. Mm. But to me, it's like God is whispering all the time. Mm -hmm. The question is, can we hear it or do the storms and the fires and the earthquakes all around us Mm -hmm. block that out? Does our own thought process block it out? Does our own time of being distracted by a million things Mm -hmm. block it out? I mean, they've done studies recently and I, I don't know all the numbers in depth, but they talk about how hard it is to truly find a silent place these days. Because there's always airplanes going over, cars driving by. It's like truly, to truly sit in silence somewhere is, is often difficult. There, there's noise everywhere. And so we have to be really intentional if we're going to hear that whisper from God.
1: Well, and I do think it's interesting because solitude is, you know, as you would expect, it's about being set apart, not necessarily with other people, but... For those of you who, like me, I'm a mom and I stay at home with my kids. And so all day long, I've got little people uh, wanting my every, every <laughs> thought, every moment. And what I really appreciate is like Richard Foster will say, solitude is about a state of mind and not necessarily a physical place. So don't be discouraged if you right now can't picture how in the world you will find a physical place that is both silent and... And alone, it is though a practice that you can cultivate, despite everything else, because again, it's going back to listening to God, and how to practice that, how to go about setting up your environment to do that. And one of the things um, that I was reminded too, when you were speaking of Elijah, and you're saying he's he's sitting there in the cave, and he's he wants to hear from God, and you were saying after that that how often do we our own thoughts get in the way and we are thinking things and our minds are running and now we're distracted with x y and z and it's really about being able to learn to control those things so we aren't overwhelmed by them Um, and by learning to control them we are able to then live in a way where we speak wisely and we're not over speaking or we know that we don't have to talk and justify ourselves because God is in control and God knows what's really going on in a situation. And it's it, but those are things; those are the fruits that come when we have practice silence and solitude. Well, I think a
0: lot of those things are wisdom, their emotional intelligence, their um, an ability to be present. That's one of the things that struck me. I was reading Matthew and Mark the last week, and when Jesus—and this is a little bit of a rabbit trail—but I think it's it's the result of his ability to be silent and to be present. Is when he's being questioned by the Sanhedrin, right by the Pharisees, by the teachers of the law, by Pontius Pilate. There's all these accusations coming against him. Mm-hmm. And one of the astonishing things that people recognized was he wasn't answering the accusations. Mm-hmm. When they ask him if he's the Christ, you know, he says yes. But everything else, they're like, why don't you defend yourself?
1: Isn't that so hard? That's one of the things I struggle with is if someone has a misunderstanding <laughs> about me, this is this is of like a, a hot button for me. Like as soon as there's a misunderstanding or a situation where I could imagine that someone has... The possibility of a misunderstanding, I like to use my words and get out in front of that. And I like to be able to, like, set people straight and say, like, no, no, here's what's going on. Like, don't think ill of us. And, um, but really, what you're saying is by practicing silence and solitude and being rooted back in with God and listening to Him, we don't need to verbally justify and try and get ahead of things. Like, God's got it. Yeah and, and <laughs> it's think, like accepting that God's just God's got it. God has you. He well knows. again and,
0: and I think so much of wisdom comes out of an ability to be inwardly silent. Mm-hmm. And and that's why I mean as much as and, and I think sometimes life can be crazy and chaotic and the silence has to be in little bits here mm-hmm. and there. And the si- You know, you, so, some people may think silence and solitude say, oh, I need to go to the desert for 40 days. Right. Mm-hmm. No, it could even be in the midst of, as you mentioned before, having a chaotic day with kids. If you can even take five or 10 minutes to just sit, all of a sudden be present to your breath, sort of the here I am posture to God mm-hmm. to create that space all of a sudden to like your wheels are like spinning like crazy to all of a sudden just stay like okay let's stop for a second like let's just let ourselves catch up mm-hmm. and then what might god be whispering here mm-hmm. and what that does is, is is so there it very much is a physical practice mm-hmm. but i think the opposite of what you said is also true that you can physically be by yourself and be silent, yet not be actually practicing yes. silence and solitude. Yes, and it's so, true. So it's an inward and an outward. As with many spiritual disciplines, there's there's angles to it, there's levels to it, there's ways to practice it. But fundamentally, to say, I need to create space... For Rua, right? That's a Rua space. I have to create intentional space. And silence and solitude is often one of the the best margin creators. Mm -hmm. If you listen to episode two about making space, we talk about the art of negative space. That when you create open space, you more easily see what's there. Mm -hmm. Silence and solitude is the actual literal thing that we can do to create space around our own life, our own connection with God, to all of a sudden say, there's no more noise. Now the constant whisper of God can be heard. Mm-hmm. Now that there's no more noise, oh my gosh, I have a pain in my chest. Or I have butterflies in my stomach. Or my neck. Like, you can start to feel physical things and wonder what that's about. You can allow your emotions, oh my goodness, I'm a lot sadder than I realize. Or I'm a lot more frustrated. And all of a sudden you can sit and that's when you listen and it's an active listening. It's not just saying, I'm going to create silence and solitude mm-hmm. and stare at the wall. Although that can be very uh, much part of self-care mm-hmm. in times. But silence and solitude is an intentional time where we say, I'm going to listen well to myself now. I'm going to listen well to what God is saying. Now. I'm going to he- mm-hmm. listen for that whisper.
1: Yeah, I I think it's interesting. Um, I'm going to read you a quote here from Richard Foster's book because I think it's, it's what you're saying um but then but then also that opposites can be true scenario so what book oh sorry this is richard Foster's celebration of discipline perfect so fantastic book we will put it in the show notes because it is it is a worth read so this is from page 98 for those of you who have the book and want to find where it is so he says simply to refrain from talking without a heart listening to god is not silence A day filled with noise and voices can be a day of silence. If the noises become for us the echo of the presence of God, if the voices are for us messages and solicitations of God. When we speak of ourselves, and I think this is really the key here, when we speak of ourselves and are filled with ourselves, we leave silence behind. When we repeat the intimate words of God that he has left within us, our silence remains intact. And I think for me, and probably because of my phase of life and my situation that I'm in daily, this was such an encouragement. Um, Yes, I absolutely agree. I am seeking ways to have silence in my day. For example, when the kids go to bed, can I take five minutes even and just breathe and exist before I rush into cleaning up the dishes and cleaning up the house and taking care of anything that I need to do for my, my work? You know, so there is that importance of spending silence and solitude. But also that idea that if I just spent a whole day and was quiet and didn't speak, that isn't necessarily practicing the discipline of silence. Because again, at its core, the discipline of silence is listening for God and for the voice of God. And you may find, I know we have found at times too, that... Just having an attentiveness and listening for God's voice, you can hear from God in places you might not have expected. I know, I, you know, I hear on the radio people call in all the time where they've heard the words from God that they most needed to hear through a worship song. And so no, they weren't physically silent in a silent setting, but it was they had that listening posture. They were, yeah. they were seeking to hear from God and... It became a reality because they could have also conversely been just listening to the song and not even wanting to listen for God's voice or be aware that they were in a struggling position and needed to have answers and then that same situation would not have borne fruit for them and so that's why the
0: spiritual disciplines are about all of life it's not just about the 10 minutes or 15 minutes mm-hmm. or three or four hours in the case of some people mm-hmm. that they practice it it becomes a rhythm and structure and habit and thread through all of your life. Mm-hmm. So that even when things are chaotic around you... I mean, can you imagine in the first century when you have Pontius Pilate, the leader of the the the, the oppressive occupying force of the Romans in Israel, mm-hmm. and the respected religious leaders... And then all of these witnesses hurling accusations at Jesus. There's nothing silent or uh, solitude about that situation. But exactly like you had talked about, Jesus had cultivated in himself a way mm-hmm. to say, "I can't maybe be myself." Even when the crowds are following me everywhere, I can't seem to get it all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be a little There was a there was a posture of still listening, of creating margin to say, "I'm not going to be overwhelmed." by those things. I'm not going to let those things control me. I'm not going to let my own mind, what some call monkey brain, right, where our minds just want to jump around and control everything, It's actually like, no, we can we can create intentional space, but it starts with that awareness and it starts with intention and it starts with um, intentionally being present. And and that's why I think that there's so much to learn from like the monastic movement when people fled the Roman Empire to go out into the desert because they were intentionally making that space. But one thing I think the early movement missed was by fleeing from the normal part of life. They were no longer connected, maybe as they as they should have been. And mm-hmm. so there's almost this sense then of how can we take the desert experience of of having that listening posture of mm-hmm. being open, but not leave, right? Because we don't want to leave life. We don't want to mm-hmm. leave connection. We want to be in it. We want to be in the mix of business and, and relationships and life. Well, and that's but, what
1: Jesus promises is life to the fullest. Right. And life to the fullest doesn't mean isolated in a little chamber by yourself every day all day being right. quote unquote holy exactly. it's exactly what you said it's living it all yeah beautifully it's a richness it's yeah. you know it's something you you we desire yeah right i w- just jumping back real quick you said something about going back to jesus that he had instructed the disciples to take time to go away he himself set time to go apart and be silent and practice solitude and it was actually tonight. Um, I was waiting for you to come home. The kids were in bed. I was, had a moment. And I typically just rushed to do more stuff. And I made myself sit there because I knew we were going to talk about this. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do some <laughs> silence and solitude here. And you know what was fascinating is I realized one of the things that holds me back from silence and solitude is I don't feel like it's acceptable. In our culture I feel that I am supposed to be producing and doing and then if I'm not doing those things I should be like connecting with somebody or I should be talking with you or I should you know there's there's not a real welcome invitation in our culture to just sit and not produce or do it with an angle or do you know um but what a relief it is to know that that's actually something that christ invites us to do that he knows is good for us it's not um it's not going to be a hindrance to our life like our our world would have us believe
0: yeah no it's an invitation to fuller life it's an it's an investment into engaging life in a more present way yes. engaging all of your life in a more alive joyful because that's one of the amazing things about spiritual disciplines is the more you can become present and the more you can be aware the more you will discover the love and the joy and the peace and the patience mm-hmm. and the pine you know kindness and goodness you know mm-hmm. the fruits of the spirit the life that we are created for is discovered in that as it becomes the habit of our lives the daily Mm -hmm. rhythm Mm
1: -hmm.
0: of how we interact
1: yeah and just i think you know if you if you aren't convinced like you said just go to the gospels and read how many times jesus goes away and if the son of god whose entire purpose was to save the whole world had time to go apart and be silent and have solitude that right there is your blessing to go and do these practices it is not selfish It is not, um, like, it's not wrong of you in any way. No matter what your gut might tell you when you're like, this is not what I'm made to do. This is what we are made to do.
0: Yeah, it's hard to get through too many chapters of the Gospels without it saying Jesus went to a (laughs) solitary place. Jesus went by himself to pray. And so we didn't read many of those, but they are just everywhere. It's impossible Mm -hmm. not to just open to a random page and you'll find that word on it. And so a
1: lot of times linked up with a significant event in Jesus' life. Even you think about the garden of the Gethsemane when he's there. Well, what is he doing? Well, he knows what's about to happen to him. He knows he's about to get crucified. And so he decides then and there, he's not shoving in as many extra ministry opportunities (laughs) as he can. He goes apart so he can just listen to God. God, does this have to be your will And that's, you know, (laughs) a
0: a basic (laughs) philosophy that I had to spend, what, many years in school to learn and lots of money and lots of time. So this is about to be a Master of Divinity level statement. Okay. Okay? You're ready? (laughs)
1: I'm ready.
0: If Jesus did something, it's probably a really good idea to do that same thing yourself. (laughs) All right. Like... (laughs) I know, groundbreaking. This is going to bring all the people to the podcast. <laughs> but now. seriously,
1: that's how often do we struggle with those things? Where we're like, "Well, I don't have time to be silent and have solitude because I've got to get this, this, this." Yet this, God this done. did it in
0: a few years. He was on Earth, <laughs> like literally. Jesus is God. He's the, the Gospels tell us he starts his ministry at thirty.
1: <laughs> so for those, he few, only had a few years a to few save years, the world, and
0: yet he's taking all this time to be by himself. Yeah, it seems pretty foundational. And so you might yes. be asking right now, well, how do I practice that then? What does it look Ooh, like to do silence and solitude? I have solitude? some
1: ideas. Do you have some ideas for people too?
0: Of course. Way okay. more though than we can get to in this <laughs> single episode. So this
1: will be like silence and solitude 101. This, and you can tune in later. We'll follow up with some yeah, more. Yeah, this
0: is the background why it's important, What where we would like to go with it. That foundationally, we believe it's another listening practice, a making space to be present, a margin creating and practice. And
1: obviously one that is scripture endorsed and approved. The son of God himself did these things. So you are good to go practice as you want. Jesus stamp Um, (laughs) of approval. Jesus stamp of approval. Yes. Okay. So one thing that I've been doing is my days are hectic. I usually can't plan them. I tell you what, when I think I'm going to wake up before the kids, they always beat me to it. You can't
0: get our one and three-year-old to practice silence and solitude (laughs) No, I
1: can't. And so I have finally accepted (laughs) that I have to steal times for silence and solitude. And by that, I mean, I might not be able to schedule it into my calendar. You might have a similar schedule circumstance where things happen that are out of your control and they don't really promote and endorse silence or solitude. When you do have those moments, use them. Do not turn on your phone. Do not turn on the TV. Do not go wandering through your office finding a coworker who is also free in this moment. Like, it is okay to just say... I've got a minute, I'm gonna use the time I've got. It might be one minute and that's it, 60 seconds, done. It might be 10 minutes. Maybe you have the freedom to, while your coffee brews every morning, just like stand there and smell the coffee and let, you know, just start thinking like, okay, God, here I am. This is a day you've created. And nothing may happen during (laughs) that
0: time, but you'll discover with it becoming a normal habit, Mm-hmm. you'll discover that it becomes an inner mm-hmm. reality through the rest of your day. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it may have to start in your car on your drive. Maybe it means not yeah. listening to the radio for some of the time. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's when you finally do lay down in bed at night and you say, hey, I'm going to... I'm gonna, Rather than lay down and fall asleep, I'm going to sit for a few minutes and take silence now. Um,
1: Again, with the purpose of listening for right, God. Right, exactly. It's... Um, it's not bad if you hear words from God, or, you know, it's scripture goes through your head or whatever. Those things aren't, don't make it wrong. Right. But like Richard Foster encouraged us, don't make it about yourself. Silence and solitude really aren't the practices where you're telling God what you need. Right. It's, it's sitting there and being receptive to God speaking into your life.
0: And and as thoughts and feelings come up, which they are, it's going to be impossible to not have thoughts. Mm -hmm. What you do is you become aware of those thoughts and you, as Paul said, take them captive Mm -hmm. to obey Christ. And so there's a sense in which you're going to have anxieties that come up, fears that come up, hopes that come up, desires, whatever. Mm -hmm. And there's a sense in which you allow them to be given to God to hear what God is saying about that. So that rather than allowing them to take over your time, you intentionally say, no, I'm kind of the one in control right now.
1: Right. Yeah, almost, you know, you can picture just as they enter your mind, just handing them back to God. Exactly. You know, I like, you know, it's like he's your, he's your, <laughs> I think this might get, I don't know, maybe it's going to be taken wrong, but it's like God's your friend. Yeah, absolutely. And you're sitting on the porch together, just enjoying watching the sunset and watching the cars go by and, um... You know, it's that kind of casual, warm. It's a place you want to be. Yeah. Um. It's not stark. You know. It's and there's like, nowhere cozy. better to
0: be when you're in the moment. That might be. That's one of the things early in my practice, I kept having say, "Is no, this is the best place to be. Mm-hmm. This is where I can be right now."
1: And again, and that, you don't need to be somewhere right. else. You're not failing to serve God right. by sitting and taking time to be with Him. Which, again, is one of those things I think we are so encouraged in our culture to go do, do, do and produce this and okay, well now you're supposed to, you know, we see on social media all these standards we want to live up to. Again, none of that. It's really just, it's good. God said it's good to go sit with him for a little bit. So that's one thing. I steal little moments of time. Take what you can get. If you can get a larger block of time, I mean, that's brilliant.
0: Absolutely. And sometimes it's going to be the little moments that you intentionally take. And sometimes you can set aside a longer retreat Or maybe it could be a whole day, which may be a dream for some people. But maybe you could do a whole day in silence. Or maybe it's a instead of watching a TV show after the kids are in bed, it could be 20 minutes where you say, I'm going to take this intentional 20 minutes or 30 minutes to do this. And so you can kind of build it in. It's amazing when we're intentional about things, how you can often force there to be space for that, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, you you can can find time because it's
1: not a priority, it's on your radar. right? And again, we have more ideas, so there'll be future episodes to give you even more to sink your teeth into. But one more small thing that you can do today is you can think about, is there a spot even in your home or in your yard or somewhere where you frequent where that can be your solitude spot? And um, I've even heard of like families where they have a designated spot where if someone's sitting there, they want to be alone. They're just taking a moment to hear from God. So you can just think: Is there even a physical space where people know? I mean, um, oh, what's the the war, war room? room? Yeah, where there's the actual prayer closet. Thank you. I saw <laughs> um, in my mind. I was picturing it. Um, you know, but there's something to a physical space. So maybe you even want to. Set aside, like, I can't get a specific time, but hey, I can go to this place. And that just instantly helps you. Absolutely.
0: And, and then just in the midst of chaos, intentionally making silence inside, mm-hmm. if you can step back for a moment. Mm-hmm. So brothers and sisters, our prayer for you is that you may make space in your life for silence mm-hmm. and solitude. And it's not something that'll happen on its own. It's not something that'll happen by accident. It's not an add-on, but it is foundational to our life as people and especially as people trying to live like Jesus. So may you turn off the radio in your car or skip an episode tonight or take a few minutes before bed or during your lunch break, but may you take a few minutes today to sit in silence, to listen to your inner voice, to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, and to listen for the whisper of God that is going on all around us all the time. Grace and peace be with you.